Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. My last podcast was about how to keep our hearts in shape. It's called the seven minute workout and you can find it here. What about keeping our brains in shape? What's the best way to keep our brains sharp? Naturally, I investigated with science. One solution is simple and it's definitely backed by science. All you need to do is read. If you're reading this in February 2021, you know that this month's been a rough one for many of us. Winter isn't done with us quite yet, at least those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. The endless pandemic and isolation hasn't released us yet either. The fact that hope and vaccines are coming, uh, yet still out of reach for a lot of us, makes it a little harder right now. If you're interested in the science behind vaccines, I have a post on my website. You can click on the link or find it at www.susanburkcook.com. Louie's been craving more walks and I've been craving more human contact. I am happy that I can chat with all of you. There is Netflix, Hulu, and the like with this distraction of hooking into a series or the comfort of watching reruns and knowing the outcome. That does help our psyches too. But we can help our psyches and simultaneously build our brain power. We can get lost in a book. Reading does more than give us the escape of television or YouTube. Reading actually improves our intelligence. This is true for kids as well as adults, and it's not over once kids learn to read either. Studies show that reading continues to develop the brains of adults. We must take care of our brains. This is easy to do and I keep repeating myself, but I want you guys to read. The reasons behind differences in intelligence between individuals depend on a myriad of factors. Two more substantial roles contributing to intelligence include genetic influences and environmental effects. Science is making strides changing our genetics. Look at CRISPR for an example. I have a post about that too of course, which is why I brought it up. <laughs> right now, there is an easier fix, changing our environment. What do scientists mean by changing our environment? They don't mean moving to Florida, although right now, when I look out the window at all the snow, that sounds like a good, good, good choice. What they do mean is more reading. The Brain Data Group at Michigan University analyzes brains. I'm sorry, University of Michigan. Well, that seems obvious based on their name, the Brain Data Group. Among other tools, they use uh, MRIs to discover neural mechanisms. They ask subjects to sit inside an MRI and read. They wanted to evaluate brainwave patterns while the subjects read a literary novel. They chose a Jane Austen novel, which is pretty literary, but also great. They observe blood flow to the brain when skimming passages and when reading more closely. Probably none of these people were claustrophobic. Anyway, the global increase in blood flow during close reading suggests that paying attention to literary text requires coordination of multiple complex cognitive functions. Conclusion, literary reading provides a truly valuable exercise of people's brains. The long-term changes in brain connectivity persisted for several days after reading. You only need to read once a week to get these effects. Once a week, that's like nothing. Reading also has the ability uh, to improve health. The number of years you've spent in school is not a factor either. 
the best way to keep your brain in shape. As we age, our brains will age along with us. It's important to keep our memory and thinking skills, meaning our cognitive function high. What does science tell us about keeping our brain sharp? How can we prevent dementia? Well, maybe we can't, but we can try. One way is by reading. Another way to help brain health is by diet. I'm gonna write a post about this soon. But reading does slow cognitive decline. A 14-year study proved that regardless of education level, people who read books more than once a week were less likely to have cognitive decline, which is huge. Using a large sample size of over 1,500 people, they followed them for 14 years. All the subjects were 64 or higher. They found a reduced risk of mental decline with higher reading frequencies than with lower reading frequencies. The best way to keep your brain sharp at any age is to read literary titles. It's been proven, again by science, that reading metaphors stimulates the brain. For the record, a metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is not literally applicable. So if you want to improve the intelligence of yourself or loved ones, hand them a literary title. Emory University did a study. They found that when patients, when subjects read metaphors like the singer had a velvet voice, this activated the sensory cortex of the brain, whereas the singer had a pretty voice did not do the same thing. Just reading words with strong odor association lights up the cerebral cortex, words like cinnamon. Studies also show a positive association between exposure to narrative fiction and social abilities. Reading classic fiction increases our empathy. Reading stories with detailed descriptions and complicated plots written in an evocative and emotional language full of metaphors and other figures of spreets stimulates our brain and it increases our interpersonal sensitivity. One of the researchers at Emory equates it like this. Just as computer simulations can get us to grips with com complex problems such as flying a plane or forecasting the weather, so novel stories and dramas can help us understand the complexities of social life. Okay, here's a question. Do audiobooks count as reading? A friend of mine listens to audiobooks exclusively so she can multitask. She's commented that people occasionally give her trouble about this, saying that listening to books isn't really reading. I ask you, is there value in reading to our kids? Does this help develop their intelligence? The answer to all these questions is yes. Audiobooks still affect your thoughts and feelings. So yes, listening to audiobooks counts as reading. In fact, a 2010 study found more stories found the more stories preschool children had read to them, the keener their theory of mind. I have a link to the article on my website. I'd be remiss if I didn't end with a few book recommendations. You can stick to mystery novels, romances, or biographies if you prefer, the ones that you like best. To be a bit more well-rounded, it's a smart move to venture out of your comfort zone and try a new genre. So I've got 10 classic books that I've listed on my website. I'm just going to read off the titles to you here. Reading is great for your brain, but you don't need to labor through the art of war if the topic doesn't interest you. You actually need to do the reading to garner the benefits. In the end, you really should read what you like. But here are some top 10 classic books. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, 
It is gut-wrenching, gorgeous, and full of symbolism and savage inequalities. It won a Pulitzer Prize. Amazing book. Beloved by Toni Morrison. This book won the Nobel Prize in Literature, Pulitzer Prize for Fiction, and the American Book Award. Do not let this intimidate you. It's a great story. It has ghosts and slaves and narrow escapes. It will help keep your brain sharp. Anne Frank, Diary of a Young Girl. Some would call this a memoir, and it's definitely nonfiction. It's the diary of a 13-year-old Jewish girl who went into hiding with her family during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. Without question, her story humanizes World War II. It's emotional and thought-provoking, and it will stimulate your brain. I know most of the studies said classic literary titles, but I really did love A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. You'll feel smart after you're done reading it. It makes a lot of scientific theories a lot of much more approachable and understandable. A classic science fiction book by Ray Bradbury is Fahrenheit 451. It's set in a dystopian future where literature and all original thought is on the brink of an extinction. As Mr. Bradbury aptly put, there are worse crimes than burning books. One of them is not reading them. Lord of the Flies by William Goldling. Golding is an excellent study into human nature explores what might happen if we were left to our own devices without the framework of society. Food for your brain. Here's a fun one, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. It was nominated as one of America's best-loved novels by PBS's The Great American Read. Gorky Park by Martin Cruz Smith is a detective mystery and a little bit on the grim side, but it will definitely get you thinking as you try to figure out the mystery Along, solve the mystery along with the character. Oh, what is his name? Oh, Arcady Renko. I bet you thought I was going to recommend Sherlock Holmes. Too much TV with, associated with Sherlock Holmes, so I thought I'd go with something a little bit more unique. The Secret History by Donna Tartt is a modern classic. I'd slot it into psychological fiction. It gets creepy and twisted and definitely a little bit dark, but you will be seduced by, the, by Donna Tartt's lovely language. Here is a literary classic extraordinaire, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Apparently, this book was written as a reaction against the popular romantic fiction of Jane Austen. I found this deliciously enticing, though be forewarned, it's darker and far more complicated than, say, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Both books are great but Wuthering Heights will haunt you long after you put it down. Charlotte's Web by E.B. White is my absolute favorite children's story. The description of swinging in the barn on a rope and falling into the hay will stimulate your brain as if you were there. This title won a Newbery, and just because it's written for kids doesn't mean it's not a classic. It will do the trick to keep your brain sharp. Better yet, read it to your kids. Now you know the best way to keep your brain sharp. I've stuck with classic recommendations. I wanted to include The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and Louie, my boxer, urged me to add Catch-22, but I topped it off at a dozen. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I'd love it if you go to my website, www.susanburkcook.com, to read more articles or listen to more podcasts. Please subscribe so you don't miss out. Thanks for stopping by. 
I hope to see you soon. Take care.